There's no doubt that 2020 will be remembered as the year that COVID stole from us. But it will also be the year that TikTok broke headlines, records, and became an enemy of the former US president. As of February 2021, it's estimated that TikTok now has over 1.1 billion active monthly users. But how did the app become so big and what are the driving factors behind the app's rise to fame? In today's episode, we break down the psychological components that allow social media apps like TikTok to rise to the top and snowball with users. To do this, we are joined by a social media marketing consultant that has worked with major emerging social medias such as Meerkat, Periscope, Snapchat, TikTok, and Lively, Austin Luliano. Austin shares with us how he went from being homeless, sleeping in his car, to one of the fastest growing live streaming influencers, and the steps he took to achieve this. He also explains why and how TikTok became so successful, examples of social media companies that have risen and fallen due to major mistakes, and strategies for emerging social media sites that anyone can use to grow their audience. In this episode, you'll also learn why successful social media sites have to help their users achieve something or get better at something, how Vine rapidly fell apart, and why Andrew Yang's book, The War on Normal People, is a must read for anyone who wants to understand the business models of social media. Austin also shares with us why he has a Reddit account dedicated to just following puppies, animals, and kind cuddly things. And to finish us off, he explains how to use the algorithms of new social media features to your advantage. Now, if you like this episode of Brains Bite Back, some other Brains Bite Back episodes you'll enjoy are understanding the dangers of social media, analyzing blackout drinking culture during quarantine using tweets, and why skip ad must die, the future of advertising. And don't forget to follow and subscribe to Brains Bite Back wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. And if you really do enjoy the show or you have any feedback, please take the time to leave us a review. It really means a lot to us and we love hearing from you. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at at The Sociable. Now for today's show. Enjoy. My name's Sam Breakgear and you're listening to Brains Bite Back, your podcast exploring the intersection between psychology and technology. Austin. Can you share with our listeners who you are and highlight your background as a social media consultant and what that entails, please? Absolutely. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Austin Uliano. And basically, the short version of my story is I went from homeless sleeping out of my car to becoming one of the fastest growing live streaming influencers. And that eventually transitioned into me collaborating with massive social media startups like Meerkat and Periscope, which were the first two live streaming platforms that really hit mainstream. I understand there was like Justin TV and a few other things before that, but those were like the two major players. And then collaborating with Snapchat and then becoming a feature creator with Lively and Musical.ly, which is now TikTok. Uh, I've been in the social media space for I don't know. It's been like since the beginning, since Facebook was an emerging social media and MySpace was the big thing. I know that's an old school reference. And through all of these like social media platforms, I've kind of learned what it takes to break through and create content that actually resonates with a target audience. And I've been on both sides of the equation as a influencer and creator and also working behind the scenes with various startups. And as a social media consultant, I was able to help my clients consistently grow and, and 
improve their businesses because that's what social media is really all about improve their businesses quarter after quarter and then eventually that's transitioned into me becoming a corporate trainer a public speaker which has turned into virtual public speaking because of coronavirus and it's just kind of snowballed from there so that's my very short version of who i am and what i do fantastic well thank you for joining me today everyone loves the success story and it sounds like you've come a really long way and i'm looking forward to discussing what you have inside your brain when it comes to social media because uh yeah we're going to get into like the psychology and just understand like the the rise and fall of popular social media sites um and yeah, like I mentioned, the psychology behind their success or failure. Now, I wanted to start with the real superstar of 2020, TikTok. You know, to give an example of the company's success, if surprisingly anyone listening to this doesn't know them, um, according to Orbello, in the first quarter of 2020, there were a total of 315 million TikTok downloads worldwide. And not only is this a 58% increase from the previous quarter, more impressively, is also the highest amount of downloads an app has ever received in a given quarter. What I want to know is why and how did TikTok become so successful? This is a really great question. And there's a number of components that make a social media platform. And knowing what those components are actually helps you as a creator because we are the products for all social medias. The advertiser is the actual target customer. So if you understand that we are the product and that the attention game is the most important thing, then you know how to create content that aligns with the social media platform's goals and that actually helps you break through the algorithm. So there's, I'm gonna paint in broad brush strokes here because every social media is a little bit different, but the first thing that makes a successful social media platform is actually the psychological dopamine hits. The reason Facebook was so successful back in the day when it was only to college kids was because it was this new addictive thing. I actually saw a study and I, I have to find it for you. There's a study that says social media is like six times more addicting than cocaine. And I 100% believe it because every time you make a post and you get a like, you get that little dopamine hit. And it's this ever-growing beast. The more likes you get, the more upvotes, the more retweets, the more you know playthroughs or whatever that metric is, the more you feel good about yourself. You're like, look at me, I'm doing really good. And there's this downside that is our self-worth gets attached to the social media dopamine hits. So that's the first part. The second part that is extremely important is fundamentally, the social media has to help you achieve something or get better at something. Gary Vaynerchuk, the massive creator and social media icon, actually talks about this. Uh, he mentions Instagram, how in its early stages, Instagram was only a photo sharing app. Instagram made us better photographers. If you look at each social media at version 1.0 of what it is, it makes you better at something. Twitter made it better for us to put our thoughts out in a concise manner. Snapchat made it really easy for us to tell these interesting short form stories. Vine took it to a whole new level with a six second storytelling. Uh, TikTok makes us really great at content creation. 
all the video editing skills that you gain from something like a TikTok is kind of like insane if you think about just how hard it is to do video editing outside of TikTok. If you wanted to do a simple glitch effect six, seven, eight years ago on a YouTube video, it would take you a long time to learn how to do it. You would have to go on, try and find something like that and like recreate it step by step. Now you can literally just pull open an app and it has the whole thing set up for you. It democratizes content creation. It makes it so simple for you to make a piece of content. It's really insane just how effective it is. And then the, the another or third thing that really makes social media platforms excel is really going after the young target demographic. You really want to hit those seven to 14 year old market. When Facebook launched, it was only for college kids. And the whole point was it made us really great at networking and getting laid. That was the main point of it. I remember being in college and being like walking down my college and being like, who was in room 403 that I just walked by? Going into Facebook, looking up room 403, seeing who the girl was, you know, checking out her likes, trying to get to know her, and then like, casually making a conversation that I was also interested in this topic, which now looking back on that, that's super like kind of creepy, but like that was the thing you did back in the day. And it allowed us to be more successful at our end goal of trying to hook up with another college kid. But Instagram went after that young demographic. TikTok is going after that young demographic. When you go after that young demographic, you get people who are ardent supporters of the social media platform. It's cool, it's new, and it just grows and it steamrolls from there. And I would say the last major component for successful social media platforms is focusing on creating a community. The one thing that I have consistently found is the social medias that fail to nurture their own community and put the time, money, and energy into building that community, they consistently fail. A prime example of this is actually Vine. Vine was this massive platform, and they came to a tipping point where basically their top 20, I think, creators, I think it was 20, were offered a boatload of money, or they, they, the, the creator said, give us a boatload of money and we'll continue creating content on your platform because we're driving the users. Vine said no, and they left. They went to YouTube, they went to Snapchat, they went to whatever platform they decided, and the entire platform just fell apart. So those are kind of the major components. And as a user, if you understand this, you can start creating content that kind of resonates with your target demographic. You find that community, you focus on nurturing it and building up uh, that small community, and then you create that content that creates those dopamine hits, creates the people staying on the site for a very long time, and all of a sudden now you start really excelling in the algorithm, and it starts boosting you. So it it steamrolls from there. Oh, Austin, you killed it! Like I was coming onto this show looking for this exact knowledge, and you just dropped knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb in a in a row there, and everything. Uh, has just like lit up so many light bulbs in my head of understanding this better. And yeah, I have to say that your, your points make sense. Uh, I think community is incredibly important. 
I think that's not just the case of social media, but anything you try and build. I know that in podcasting, that's incredibly important. And that's why I like Patreon is uh, very popular. And I love Reddit. Reddit's probably my favorite social media. And I feel like that is a really solid community. And then, Absolutely. Yeah. And um, again, onto your point about content creation and making it as simple as possible. That is something that I can relate to, obviously, with podcasting. I mean, myself, I guess my job is a content creator and it is fun to produce content. It's fun to produce content that you like, that other people like, and then seeing it resonate with other people. And uh, I think you're absolutely right. I also work in video production, um, but I have a specialist that works on that because it is so hard to produce video. It really is. uh, There's a reason why people dedicate their entire career to that. And the fact that like anyone can do it from downloading TikTok and then getting started. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic entry point for this kind of content, content creation. So, so much of what you said resonated with me there. Exactly. Yeah, it's really just those key components. Uh, there's a few more things now that I'm like kind of thinking about it. After you start getting those main components, then you have to have a solid advertising platform. And, you know, uh, not to touch politics too much, but Andrew Yang has a fantastic viewpoint on our data and how important it is. Because really, if you go into the psychology behind what the data tells, it is absolutely mind-blowing. So if I want to give a resource for people, Mm -hmm. check out his book, Andrew Yang's book. It's actually on YouTube, so you can listen to it for free. It is fantastic. I don't have it off the top of my head, the name of it, but it's very easy to find. Uh, oh, it's The War on Normal People. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out because I'm a big fan of Andrew Yang. Um, and yeah, I, I would love to listen to that. Now, I want to touch on a point that you made towards the end there with Vine. And I, I was never on Vine, um, but of course I saw the videos, but it did feel like it collapsed overnight or just at least it disappeared overnight. Uh, Now, can you share with us some examples of social media companies like Vine, for example, that have risen and fallen and the killer mistakes some of these companies have made? Sure. Uh, To give you another example, Snapchat did a phenomenal and a terrible job at the same time. So even though Snapchat is still around and it's a massive player and like, I don't want to tell you like it's not around, it still dominates what it does. Snapchat really started picking up momentum. Uh, Again, after Gary Vaynerchuk became an investor, he started shouting it out, telling everybody to go there. And this was five years ago, six years ago, I I would like to say. And the biggest creator on that platform was a gentleman by the name of Sean Duras. He created this amazing sort of content. Now, what ended up happening is as Snapchat was growing, Facebook's and Instagram still didn't have stories. So everybody was on Snapchat. Stories was becoming this really interesting new format to create content. And the entire community was like, listen, we want to be able to link out in our Snapchat stories to drive traffic to our websites because we want to be able to sell and take people off the platform. And Snapchat pushed back on that hard. They weren't allowing it. And they weren't allowing you to create content in like a third-party program that kind of allowed you to 
upload unique special type of content that you normally couldn't do in Snapchat. So they kept slamming down on creators who did that, such as Sean Doris. And what ended up happening is Facebook and Instagram came out, they stole the idea of stories, which if you focus on building features, you're going to lose because as it's proven, you can just steal a feature that happened with Meerkat and Periscope too. And everybody went, oh, well, see, Instagram allows us to do the same thing as Snapchat, but we have more of a community over on Instagram. We can grow easier on Instagram. People can find us easier on Instagram. And then Instagram very quickly launched, hey, you can link out and drive people to your business. And so Snapchat lost massive creators. They lost a ton of users who were trying to build a business on Snapchat and they went over to Instagram. And now if you look at the two, like yes, Snapchat exists, but really Instagram and Facebook is the number one player. So that is like the other major example I see. The third one would be actually Meerkat and Periscope. Uh, back in the day, Meerkat launched at South by Southwest. Three days later, Periscope launched. When Periscope launched, they were already acquired by Twitter. And right away, there was this battle of which one's going to be, you know, the dominant player. Meerkat, which was the first one to launch, or Periscope. And at the end of the day, obviously, Periscope won. But the reason Meerkat lost is they kept trying to come up with new feature after new feature that kept them ahead of Periscope. But at the end of the day, again, features can be replicated and you cannot combat that. Like, even, even if like legally you could argue like, hey, this is our, you know, our feature, this is ours, nobody else can do it. You could copy it, just have a lengthy court battle and you would just decimate the company. And that's just business. Damn, that sounds fierce. So, like, was Periscope not like copied with um, like Facebook Live? Or, like, I've never used Periscope myself. I'm absolutely I've it was copied it. by yeah. Facebook. So it seems like they they went down as well, like shortly after Meerkat. Yep, and as soon as Facebook Live launched, I went. That's going to be the predominant player, Mark Zuckerberg. I don't like his business model. I don't like how he operates as a human being, but I respect how much he understands the attention economy and he is a vicious businessman so you know yeah, he's sure. gonna win time and again mm -hmm. and he's got the money and resources behind him with facebook so yeah it's not difficult yeah, yeah. exactly mm -hmm. hopefully you're enjoying the show and if you are make sure you subscribe and never miss an episode you can find us on all your usual podcast sites spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher podcast addict and a whole lot more including youtube and we want to hear what you think so be sure to leave us a review just search brains bite back wherever you get your podcasts now for my next question i'd love to ask you how can users maintain better mental health while still operating on social media we have to separate from our brains social media and our self-worth and it's really hard to do but if we recognize that these social media platforms are not designed to make us feel good, they're actually designed to make us feel absolutely crappy because the crappier we feel, the more we go on it to 
feel better. It's like the worst abusive relationship you could possibly have. If you understand this and you can start to separate it, then you can approach social media as I need to create content for me to, to drive business and not really focus on whether or not I'm getting likes, engagement, or things like that. Those are simply metrics to tell you how well content is resonating. But when you, when you start separating, the most important thing I could tell every single person on here is stop looking at the organic social media as the mechanism for success. Look at paid advertisements because that is the area where you're going to gain the most in terms of business and growth while also not getting tied in. Because if you create an advertisement and you look at the metrics and the metrics are saying you're doing poorly, it's not that you are doing poorly. It means the ad is doing poorly resonating with the audience. Like let's take Facebook. It could be the copy. It could be the image. It could be the targeting. It could be a number of different things. Maybe your landing page. But when you know how to approach advertising as the mechanism for success, you can start slowly eliminating the variables and go, okay, First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take the same copy, the same advertisement to the same landing page, but I'm going to test four different images. Those four different images over $5 for a day, $20 total. It's going to tell me what image is the best image for this ad. Now let me test the copy. Now let me test the target audience. Let me test the landing page. And what happens is it stops becoming a thing of how do I create content to get more likes to how do I create content that drives business? And that is a completely different game changer. You change your relationship with social media and your self-worth isn't tied up in it anymore. That's awesome advice. And I think that social media is strangely like a necessary evil in Absolutely. today's world in the sense that one, if you're just um, a citizen, a normal person, then you're probably going to need it just to stay connected with certain people. Like I live in Colombia. Um, I'm from the UK. So I'm obviously very far away from my family and social media and all that technology definitely helps us to stay more connected. And then in the sense of businesses, um, certainly is my role here at the company. Um, I'm a content creator and every business really needs to be on social media. It's quite essential. So Every, I think all of us to some extent have or need to have a relationship with uh, social media for one reason or another. Another, And if you don't or can't, then congratulations to you. Um, but yeah, it's just about managing that relationship. And we've, we've spoken about that before. We've dedicated episodes to that before on this show. And I've also been featured on other shows to discuss that. And I think that's a really good point that you brought up. Um, yeah, definitely 100%. Yeah. No. And if you're, if you're an average consumer, you're not doing it for business, then it is on you to curate your feed, to pull out anything that gives you a negative emotional rise. I have an entire Reddit account that is dedicated to just following puppies and <laughs> animals and kind, cuddly things. I remove any news, like I've blocked everything because that's my de-stressor that I'll go onto that Reddit account, look at puppies and go, life is great. Yeah. That, that is a brilliant use of social media. Staying connected with family, great. You know, but also understand 
it's also designed to get you emotionally riled up. So you have to have a really solid boundaries with it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I would highly recommend that too. Now, finally, on the note of using social media for businesses, um, or I suppose if someone does genuinely want to become an influencer, uh, can you share with us some social media strategies for emerging social media sites and how our audience can capitalize on them? Sure. So the great thing about emerging social media is, and I'm going to actually add another piece to this, whenever an established social media brings out a new feature, the, the algorithm always favors that new feature uh, or the algorithm favors just in general when it's an emerging social media. You can kind of treat them as the same. Whenever something like that happens, a new social media comes out or a new feature of an established social media comes out, I recommend heavily investing in that new feature. For instance, YouTube is coming out with shorts. It is their version going after TikTok. It's 60 second vertical videos. On mobile, they have an entire shelf that is just these short videos. And the algorithm for shorts is completely different than a normal YouTube algorithm. So for me, I started up a brand new YouTube uh, just a little bit ago, you know, slowly building it. It's something I like to do at being in this space is always starting fresh and not leveraging all my followers from another place because I want to know what it takes to break through in 2021, not how to break through when I drive over 50,000 users from Instagram. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's almost like adapting or evolving. Exactly. So if I have 200 subscribers, say on YouTube, and a video gets over those 200 subscribers and views, I look at that as doing well. The insane thing with shorts is if you have, say, 200 subscribers on YouTube, your shorts can get 20, 50, a million views. And completely just blow up. So it's because YouTube wants you to use those shorts features because if you start using it, you become kind of addicted to it. It becomes this thing you rely on and you get more users using it. It's good for YouTube. So whenever those things happen, pay attention to them, invest heavily into those new features. If an emerging social media comes out, like Musical.ly came out, uh, which then became TikTok, Jumping in, looking at the space and going, okay, what is, what is the average creator doing? Okay. For me, when I looked at Musical.ly slash TikTok, when it first came out, the average creator was a 13-year-old boy who thought he was the prettiest thing ever to get the 13-year-old girls swooning after him. This was the relationship of the content. Looking at it as like a 28-year-old man, I was like, I don't want to create that type of content. That's super weird. So what is something that takes your own personality and brings it to an 11? For me, I'm, I have no shame. I, ha I don't get embarrassed easily. So what I decided to do is I took a character that I made in Snapchat, which was me dressing up in a purple unicorn costume. And I started creating content that was insanely funny and native while dressed up in this costume. And it created content that was very viral worthy because it was just me being myself, but with this character. When you are looking at these emerging social medias, go, what is the content that is being being created, what is not being created that 
really just brings your own personality to that insane level and create that. Social media doesn't really reward mediocre. It rewards the extreme of each emotion, both positive and negative. So when you're creating content, you really have to take it to that extreme level to break through. And now I took it to an extreme level where I was sharing positivity and that worked insanely well. You know, the, you could take it the other way, which is the outrage marketing, which we see time and time again, but nevertheless, those newer social media platforms, you want to focus your content creation like that. From there, you want to build that community. So, you know, there's growth hacking mechanisms like follow and unfollow. And while you shouldn't do that on Instagram right now, when Musical.ly slash TikTok came out, that was a fantastic way to grow. Uh, it's a growth hacking mechanism that's worked time and time again. By doing that, I was growing 5,000 followers a week easily. And I was creating content that was going viral. So it just built on top of that. Use those mechanisms. And then to build the community, here's a really insane hack, especially with uh, when there's a power differential of followers. When Musical.ly slash TikTok was going on, there was this, this live streaming app called Lively. I'd go into Lively, which is a live streaming app. And you know I would be live streaming to 30,000 people because that's like was where I was at at my peak. And then when I'm not live streaming, I would look at my audience and see these people who have no followers who would start live streaming. And I would pop in there and I would say hello. And the minds would be blown when they're like, oh my God, that's massive creators paying attention to me. It's not necessarily super scalable, but what it does is it creates diehard fans who are like, oh my God, you came and you checked me out. And you would do that for maybe two, three minutes, pop out and go to a new person. It's an insanely effective way of retaining users. And this works no matter what the platform is. Like if you're a massive YouTube creator and you go into a small YouTuber and you're like, hey, this is really great content, their minds are blown. So understanding that power differential and using it to you know, boost up those who are below you is a great way of building that community. That's, that's awesome to know. And I have to say, all of this is it's so empowering. I just wish I had more time because honestly, um, one thing that I've discussed with other podcast hosts is that creating a podcast takes up so much time and you so much your energy, but really marketing it on social media, that's one of the best ways to get your message out there. And that alone could be uh, an entire job in itself. And obviously it's a job that many people are doing, including yourself, Austin. So kind of, I suppose on that note, if people want to hire you, reach out to you, learn more about what you're doing, follow you in your uh, crazy unicorn outfit. It was a unicorn, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you're uh, still doing that, <laughs> then how can they do that? What social media are you on? <laughs> all of them, I'm guessing. So the one that I'm focusing most on right now, because I'm on all of them, is YouTube. I've started a new YouTube where I'm teaching people how to communicate effectively through public speaking and on camera, because obviously with the coronavirus, learning how to communicate with charisma on camera is insanely difficult. I'm teaching executives how to do that uh, with corporate trainings. And so I'm bringing it over to YouTube and sharing little tips on there. So come follow me on YouTube as my primary platform right now. If you search Austin, A-U-S-T-I-N-I-U-L, I-A-N-O, 
That is my YouTube. Come follow me. Come say hello. Uh, that's also my website, austinyuliano.com. If you want to hire me, work with me, or just come and say hello, that's a great place. And if you're on another social media platform as your primary, that's my handle too, Austin Juliano. Just come say hello. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining me today, Austin. I have really learned a lot. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Growing a company has many hurdles, from securing funding to expanding your business capabilities to ranking better on search. Each business challenge is uniquely complex. The solution to these challenges is growth-focused digital PR and marketing, and that is where our sponsor, Publicize, comes in. Publicize sets itself apart from traditional PR companies. It doesn't charge large retainers or turns out press releases whether you've got a newsworthy announcement or not. Publicize builds your business's online presence and gets high-quality PR and media coverage for startups and entrepreneurs who are priced out of a broken PR industry. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brains Bike Back listeners, you can receive an SEO assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co slash BBB. That's publicize.co slash BBB. This is the end of today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this and you want to hear more episodes just like it, then follow and subscribe to Brains Bite Back wherever you get your podcasts. We're also available on YouTube under the channel of our publication, The Sociable. Just search Brains Bite Back and you'll find all of our episodes there. We really love hearing what you have to say. So leave us a review on iTunes or on any other podcasting platform to let us know what you think. You can also reach out on Twitter at, at The Sociable. And finally, go to sociable.co where you can find all our episodes and plenty of articles on topics just like this. Thanks again for joining us and until next time, stay safe and stay healthy.